Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Parade God Podcast. Today, I am joined by a comedian and a uh, guy also from my city and home state of Kansas City, Missouri, Mr. Tim Gaither. How's it going, Tim? I'm good. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great. Uh, so I heard that you you recently just got back from uh, from Alaska. I did. It was my first time there. I worked at a place called uh, Coots. Uh, Chilcoot Car- or Chilcoot Charlie's is I believe what it's officially called. But uh, yeah, I was only there for two days in Anchorage, Alaska. But had a good time. Met some good people. Uh, had some really good shows, and yeah, it was a good time. So uh, speaking of comedy, I actually just uh, got done taking a comedy class here. Uh, there's a new comedy place that just opened up in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, and uh, I've been learning comedy for like the last eight weeks. And uh, comedy's a another language of itself from what I'm learning. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very subjective, especially these days to what people find funny or what they don't. Did you say there's a new club opening in Overland Park? Yeah, it's called uh, Clint's Comedy Stop. <clears throat> okay, I know Clint. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been there for like the last eight weeks learning and uh, rewriting and honing my act and uh I've also learned I've, I've also learned that the biggest thing about comedy is that words words matter. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I read in a book before I was. Um, and if you're just starting out, I would I suggest a book called Zen and the Art of Stand Up Comedy by a guy named Jay Sankey. Okay. And he, I had a really good. You know, I graduated from college, but I don't feel like I really learned anything except my top two teacher taught me. Um, she taught me all about editing and like you know i would write a paper that i thought was good and she would hand it back and she would have a line through every word that i didn't need and by the time i rewrote it three or four times i realized what she was talking about and it it made me into a a better writer and then what i read in this book it was basically if you can say something in nine words instead of 13 do that every time because by the end of your set you know, you've cut out a lot. You know, I had a friend who, um, can I cuss on this podcast? Oh, go ahead. Oh, he just said, it's just the word shit, but he used to say in shit all the time. He'd say whatever thought he had and he'd go in shit. And I told him afterwards, I was like, hey man, by the time your set's over, you've done a 15 minute set, but I bet three minutes of it is just you saying in shit. (laughs) (laughs) So by the end of it, and, you know, that clutters up the audience's mind, and whatever doesn't add to what you're saying takes away from it, you know? Um, and I've always remembered that, and and that's served me pretty well so far. So you got your very first laugh when you were about five years old. Yeah, I was at a – I grew up at a – I was raised in a Southern Baptist church, and uh, – you know, they would always call us, they call it moments with children, at least they do at the church I go to now. And, but I guess it's a pretty common thing. They would bring all the kids up to the front of the church and just talk to them. And I went to a Southern Baptist church, so they didn't really hold back. One of the preachers, um, you know, they like to instill their fear early in the Baptist religion. So <laughs> when I was five, the uh, preacher was like, so what do you got? What do you kids think hell will be like? And yeah, a five-year-old. Yeah. uh, So I'm sitting there, and when he asked that question, 
it made me think of the week before how I was at a J.C. Penney's uh, department store and I didn't have any shoes on, and so I was like four or five, and I made the uh, I made my dad carry me because it was, it was the pavement was so hot. And when the preacher said, "What do you think hell will be like?" I said, "Preachers, hell will be hotter than the J.C. Penney parking lot on the Fourth of July." And and everybody started laughing, and I just fell in love with that. And then every Sunday, I would go up and try to like top it. And some weeks, I, some Sundays, I would get a good laugh, and then some days I wouldn't. Um, but my mom said she just wanted to crawl underneath the pew every time I went up there because she had no idea what I was going to say. Yeah, I bet. But, I bet. Yeah. yeah but, but I always was going for that that laugh, and. And it taught me from a very young age, and it still applies today, that if I think too much before I say something, whether it's a comeback in a show or a, a line or even even conversation, if I think about it too much, it never gets the, the laugh that I, that I wanted to or that I thought it would or whatever. So it just needs to go in my brain and come out rather than me thinking about, should I say this? Because it's never, it's all timing. No? Oh yeah, uh, timing and instincts uh, are also what make up comedy, along with the, the words that I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah, and, and like a trick with a heckler is all. Uh, I will always make them repeat themselves. Like if they holler something out, I'll go, "What's that?" And ninety-five percent of the time, I've heard what they said. Yeah, I just need that extra thirty seconds it's going to take them to repeat it to formulate whatever it is I'm going to say. Or, or it makes them second uh, do a second think about whether or not they should say it at all, you know. And a lot of times they just won't; they'll just get quiet. Um, but yeah. How often do you? Uh, would you say that you get heckled? Uh, maybe not quite a bit, but how often would you say that you get a heckler? It's probably not not much, I, I would imagine. No, not a lot. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things people starting out are afraid of. I remember when I started out. I was always, when someone heckled or said something, I would get nervous on stage because I thought I had to come up with this brilliant line or whatever. Yeah. And somewhere pretty early into it, I realized that people who heckle and yell things out in a public setting generally are not very smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, smart people just go, don't go around doing that. So once I realized that, you know, it's almost unfair. Like, oh, I'm just an idiot, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know exactly what the breakdown would be on how many, but I would probably say at least one a week, and it's usually it's usually a woman, and, and I don't know why, but it, I think it's just the the way our society's set up. You know, we'll take more crap off a woman than we will a man. Oh, you know? and they, yeah. They will. They won't kick women out of the show, but they'll kick a man out in a heartbeat. But a woman has to really do something to get the boot. Funny. Absolutely. I mean, I have my own comebacks. If uh, some, someone were to heckle me, do you mind if I try one out on you real quick, see if this is appropriate? <laughs> sure. So basically, uh, if someone said something like, uh, I mean, basically, this is th this is what I would say. I mean, so I get heckled and I guess I would say, uh, I guess we know who the village idiot is now. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, would would that go over well? I mean, just would, would that kind of convey the message to them, or is that maybe like a little too harsh for the? No, I don't. I don't think it's too harsh. I think it's even funnier if you said, "Oh, look, we've identified the village idiot." 
<laughs> all right, I will stick with that then. Yeah, I don't think that's bad at all. So, uh, so I'm set to perform actually uh, next week uh, for this for the eight week class that I'm uh, that I just got done taking, and um, stand up is really a lot uh, a lot of fun. I, I must tell you, I mean, to be up in front of that crowd and uh, have and you be the one that people are looking at and knowing that you're you're just in in control for that time. Yeah. It's a lot of fun and it's also pretty scary. Oh yeah. Oh, do you get nervous? I mean, have you been in front of a crowd at all or is it mainly just the uh students or Oh no, I I've been in front of a I've been doing it for about 2 years now, I would say. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Now, I've heard um I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but uh I've heard Jerry Seinfeld say that it takes about ten years to find your voice in comedy. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with it, and and say that if you're really, I don't know what the word would be, hard on yourself or really searching for something, it could take a lot longer than that. You know, I asked I asked Bill Burr probably five years ago when he thought he had found his voice, and Bill Burr is one of the best comedians in the country and if Absolutely. you don't if you don't think so you probably don't know what you're talking about like right. whether or not you find him funny or not you can't say he's not one of the best comics you just you know um but he said he still doesn't feel like he's completely found it and that's bill burr so if you're good at it i feel like you're always searching for it and trying to find, make it better like i had a set the other night at the comedy store that made me feel like that's you know i've been doing it for a living now for 19 years but I still, the other night, there were like 14 people there, and I came off stage, and I was so fired up because I finally said some things in a way that I wanted to say them. And, you know, it's one thing to do that in front of a small crowd when it doesn't matter, and then have that kind of balls, so to speak, when you're in front of a, a packed crowd, you know, right. or... Uh, but you never stop learning. That's what's so maddening about it. My friend uh, Chuck Johnson did a... Uh, uh, he was doing a show not too long ago. He's been doing comedy for a living for 30 years. And the other day, he actually, it's actually been quite a while now, but he, he closed with a joke. Or he had a really, really strong joke. And then he closed with one that didn't get near as good a laugh. And he goes, I should have closed with that last joke. I've been doing this 30 years and I still don't know what I'm doing. And, yeah. <laughs> and that never goes away. You know, like you just, there are times where you're like, man, I, that was just, and if you start to think, ah, you know, I might not kill all the time now, but I think I'm done eating it. Well, buckle up, because you are about to eat shit. <laughs> there's, there's a show that's about to come along where you are just going to eat it. Absolutely. You know, and it, happens, Absolutely. It, it happens to everybody. So, yeah, 10 years sounds like a good, you know, round number, but I think everybody's different. And, oh, absolutely. And then you run into a lot of people who suck at comedy, and they're like, yeah, it took me about five years to find my voice. And in my head, I'm like, you have not found your voice. And if right. that's your voice, you should quit. Right, absolutely. So let me ask you, I mean, so you've so you've been doing this, like you say, for 19 years. Are there some sets that when you go up there just – that you feel like, okay, this just did not go well at all. I mean, are, do you have like some jokes that just don't, don't work? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That, that never, that never stops. You know, um, there'll always be things that you think are funny and then the crowd doesn't laugh. And, um, and then, then there are things that you know are funny. You're just not saying them 
the way you want. And sometimes you'll have a joke like that for two years. And you just keep at it because you know that joke is funny. And then one day you'll change two words or take two words away or add two words or change the order of the words. And all of a sudden it gets to laugh. You always knew it should. Um, but that's, you know, goes back to what you said about words matter. I mean, because the order, the, you know, placement, all that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, if you're good at stand up, you make it look easy. That's so right. everyone thinks it's easy. And then they get up there and the lights are in their eyes and they're holding that microphone they've never had and their voice is amplified and you shit your pants, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, I've been actually doing, doing it for 21, 21 years in January, but 19 for as in my only source of income. Um, I, and, I can't believe it's been that long already. And congratulations on that, 21 years. That's quite a feat. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, though, it's gone by in the blink of an eye, and I've been saying that. I've been doing it five years, three for a living. I've been doing it seven years, five for a living, and now it's 21 and 19. I'm like, God, how the hell did that? Wow, <laughs> yeah. Some some people quit after the first year of doing it. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to quit. I remember the first time I got paid for it, I made $8 at a thing called uh, Best of Kansas City. We split the door, and my cut of it was 8 bucks, and... It was like the tenth time I've been on stage, and the first nine had gone pretty well, you know. And I remember thinking, like, I know everyone says how hard this is, but I don't know if that applies to me. Like, I, I just think I'm a natural or whatever. And I don't know why I had that thought because um, the tenth time, like I said, I got paid eight bucks, and I ate it the entire show. And uh, Chris Porter, who I don't know if you know, but he was on the show. He started about a year ahead of me, and he was closing the show, and we all went short, every single one of us. And I ate it. I didn't get a laugh until my very last joke, and I came off stage, and I was ready to quit. I was just sitting there watching the rest of the show, but I had made up my mind. I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need people telling me I'm not funny. I've been funny my whole life. And then then this guy named Brian Burgess came in, who had been doing comedy for 15 years, and he took this audience that none of us could do anything with, and just destroyed him. And I thought to myself, well, come on, dude. He's been doing it for 15 years. You got to give yourself more than two months or however long I've been doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, so. Is that, so is that what you uh, would say would make for a successful comedian? Uh, maybe not such a household name, but I mean, maybe like someone who gets work steadily or gets paid to do it. Um, do I think what now? Uh, so do you think that's what would take what it would take for uh, for a person who wants to get into comedy to be successful, um, to be like a paid regular, like uh, what, what like what you're you're just describing? Yeah, I mean, I think it takes you know it takes a lot of time, and and you have to perform in as many places as possible, in as many different environments as possible. Like when I was starting out, I would drive four hours each way to do five minutes at the St. Louis funny bone, because I knew it was important to be funny everywhere. And when you start going on the road, that's when you really find out what's funny everywhere because mm-hmm. something that you, that kills at your home club all of a sudden is eating it. And something that you thought about throwing away is doing really well. And you're like, Oh, that's weird. You know? And then you just, after a while you figure out what's funny everywhere. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah, I mean, um, no, that, I mean, my 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 question was basically, uh, what what do you think it takes for uh, a person to be a, a successful comic? Uh, maybe not so much a household name, but one who is uh, maybe paid to to do comedy, kind of, kind of like you. Well, 
I think if you, you know, like when I started out, when I, before I started doing this for a living, my goal was never to get famous. It was just to do it for a living. And, uh, I thought to myself, you know, I listened to a Bill Hicks CD and I thought to myself, that was the funniest guy I've ever heard. And I've never heard of him, which meant to me, I can do it for a living, even if I never got famous. So to answer your question, I think this, the steps that frankly, a lot of people skip these days, um, a lot of them get a following and an audience before they have a joke. Um, so I think to be successful and to be, to actually be not just successful because people prove every day that you don't have to be good at stand up to get famous doing it. Not anymore. But if you truly want to be good at it and can perform in any environment, you have to start at the bottom. You do guest spots and then you ask to MC and then you get moved up to feature after you do well MC and then you ask to do like a split week or headline and off night and then you know, certain clubs and movie up. That's how it was when I started. And now they've taken away the feature spot, which is really get good at stand up. You know, if you're featuring if you're featuring ten, fifteen times, twenty times a month doing thirty minutes, you can't help but get good. You know, or at least a lot tighter. Um so I think not skipping any steps is what makes you truly good at it, you know. I also have to so I also have to tell you, Tim, I mean, whenever you're up on stage, uh you're you you just look so calm and like uh nothing's really bothering you. I mean you're you are you are just one of the calmest comedians I have pretty much ever seen next to I would say David Brenner. Who who oh, really? what yeah. I mean you so you just seem so calm whenever I watch you. Well, thanks, man. That's uh, a lot of it's because I've been doing it so long, but it's also always kind of how it's been on stage. I used to talk a lot slower, like I had this, I don't know if it was a character, just a phase I was going through, but I had this joke at the first, at the beginning where I'd be like, hooked up with the hottest girl in my life. And then when as I went through the stage where I was like, hooked up with the hottest girl in my life. I mean, it was that <laughs> slow. I listened to it on a tape and I'm like, God dang, what were you doing there? Like, why are you taking so long? Um, but it's funny, I, I do convey a calm um, demeanor up there, but sometimes I'm so nervous, at least at the beginning of the set, depending on where I'm at. The comedy store makes me nervous, and I've been paid regular there for 10 years. Um, it's just weird. I get nervous at the smallest... I get nervous when it's a bad show. Like, if it's a packed crowd and all that, that doesn't make me nervous because I know it's probably going to be pretty good. It's when it's like a some bar or some crappy environment that I'm like, what am I even doing here? That's when I get nervous, you know? Yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask you. I mean, even though you've been at this for a while, do you still kind of get nervous, I mean, about performing? Yeah. I do, yeah. And sometimes I, I feel so nervous that I'm like, God, have I ever done stand-up? You know, like, what are you so... A friend of mine, Tony Venn, asked me not too long ago, he was like, do you ever feel like you forgot, like you don't remember your stuff? And I go, yeah, every set I do. <laughs> you know, before I go up, um, yeah, I always have a little bit of it. And no matter how calm I feel, a few minutes before, it, it almost makes me nervous that I'm not nervous sometimes because I know that it might come on like a freight train right before I go up, you know? Yeah. But it's amazing. No matter how fast my heart is beating and no matter how I feel like I'm not even going to be able to do this, as soon as they say my name, it comes over me and I'll say this thing. As soon as they say my name, before I let my foot hit the stage, when they go, please welcome Tim Gaither. I'll say it out loud, but not loud, just to myself, but out loud. I'll go, that's right. You bitches. 
And it's like, <laughs> it, it's like it turns a switch in me, you know, it turns me into someone else. And when I get on stage, all of a sudden I'm not scared of anybody, you know, I don't care how big a dude is or this or that. I just, something comes over me, I become kind of a different person and that, I think flips the switch for me is just saying, that's right, you bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I started saying that, but I, I've done it for a lot, a lot of years now. I've said that a lot of times. <laughs> I'm gonna so I'm gonna use that. Uh, I'm scheduled to do my first bill, like I said, next week uh, with about four or five other people, and uh, they're having a comedian at uh, our professional comedian come host uh, the event. So uh, kind of nervous about that one, but uh, yeah. So my first bill. Yeah, well, as hokey as it sounds, um, just and Bill Burr told me this uh, when I told him I was, I was getting ready to film something special, like. I called him and I was nervous about it, and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, it sounds hacky, but just just have fun, you know, just go up there and have fun. You're never going to remember every line, you're never going to remember every tagline, you know, just go up there and have fun. And he goes, you know how I know you're a good comedian? He goes, because you're calling me three weeks ahead of this thing, telling me you're nervous. And he goes, he goes, you think Tyler Perry gets nervous? <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. He's like, fuck, no, he doesn't get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good advice. Yeah, that's really good advice. And uh, so, but yeah, so I guess that, uh, yeah, I'm, I am nervous, but I'm, but I'm also excited at the same time to, to show off what I've been doing for the last eight weeks. Yeah, just feel the nerves and breathe through it, and you'll be all right. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah. So, Tim, uh, thank you so much for appearing on 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 my show today. Sure. Will you uh, come? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, will you come back sometime? Uh, I will be at uh, the Comedy Club of Kansas City um, in December twelfth through fourteenth. I'll be headlining there, and my buddy Kurt Fletcher is featuring, mm -hmm. so it'll be a really good show. And uh, I might even record. Uh, I might even record a CD or a DVD while I'm there. So absolutely, yeah. hey, on a, there. It's on the 103rd and State Line or something like that. But yeah, you should come. Make sure you get comped in and all that. Absolutely, I I, I will come see you. Absolutely, and uh, that's Dustin's Dustin Black. I think that runs that one. Dustin um, Kaufman. Yeah, or Dustin Kaufman, Dustin Kaufman, yeah. I knew his name was yeah. Dustin, I just didn't know the last. Anyways, but yeah, I'm definitely there. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much. And uh, thank you for the advice. And uh, and hopefully we, we get to work together one day. Yeah, man. If anybody wants to see anything I do or check out my website, com. I've got a podcast on there. I've got all my social media links and all that stuff. So uh, if anyone wants to check it out, they can. It's G-A-I-T-H-E-R, TimGatherComedy.com. So yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye.